Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Hello, Dan. You all right? You're right, Callum. How are you, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad. Ready for a, an, another episode in the uh, in the old history books today? Yes, and um, hey, this is obviously we're in an international break at the minute, so this is uh, one of our special Second City story episodes where we cover a player or manager that's represented both Blues and Villa. Yes. Yeah, so um, if you haven't caught those other two episodes, now could be a really good time to start. Obviously, we did one on Alex McLeish and we also did one on Hotter as well in the previous international break as well. Um, have you caught much of the international break, Dan? Yeah, no, no, to be honest. Um, as long as the tournaments, you know, the World Cup and the Euros, when it actually comes to it, are what matters. But um, no, the qualifiers and stuff like oh. I don't know. I don't. I kind of don't mind that they're not very exciting. It's means to an end. About so long as the finals are good themselves, that's what matters, really. But yeah. So this week we're doing um, our second city story. This week is about uh, Emil Heskey. So we'll do our sort of normal intro as we normally do on these uh, second city stories in a moment. But uh, before that, so in the episode we're actually going to talk a bit about sort of Heskey's time at Blues and Villa and how that affected his career and his international career. Um, it's actually a very interesting story how Heskey went from this, like, you know, I would say is acclaimed Liverpool striker. I don't know. Like, he was a very pop. He was a very successful striker, anyway. Yeah, I mean, he he went for uh, the fee he went to Liverpool for, as as we'll cover, was I think it was the biggest fee a Merseyside club had ever paid at the, that point, and this was back in around two thousand. So he, he was a big name player, so to speak, at least for an English footballer at the time. Yeah. And like, I remember when he came to blues, it was like a really big, um, I mean, it was a huge coup for us. It was like an England international and like, we'd only been in the premier league again for like a few years, really. Um, but we'll get onto all that later and talk a bit more in depth about his career and why it's interesting and so on. Um, but first, as always, we're going to start with, uh, what we're wearing. So I'm sure you know the gist by now. Um, but it all ties into it because, uh, we've both gone for a sort of Heskey era kit. Seemed kind of fitting, I think. Um, so, do you want to start this week, Callum, or should I? Um, I'll go first this week because um, if you caught last week's episode, um, then I spoke pretty much about this season that I'm about to speak about. So, last week I wore the away shirt for this kit, which is 0910. Um, and this is the home shirt, this Nike Acorns. Gorgeous shirt, round neck. Um, this has a player on the back. It doesn't have Heskey on the back, but it does have Stillian Petrov on the back. But this season, I spoke about it a lot last week, probably one of the best seasons I ever had as a Villa fan, especially when we were what, about 12, 13 years old. Cup final, cup semi-final. Um, that semi-final against Blackburn at Villa Park under the lights where we won 6-4 on the night, 7-4 on aggregate something i'll never ever forget an absolutely bonkers match um you just had to be there um so um martin o'neill there's gr- i've got so many great stories about martin o'neill that we will have to go through one day um because they're, they're worthy of the podcast but in its own section i think so um yeah great sh- absolutely amazing shirt uh, 
just like they were on last week. Um, you've got another one that doesn't quite fit you anymore, Dan. No, have a, have a guess. <laughs> it's, uh, the fact it doesn't fit me probably helps narrow it down. This is a blue flyby home, it, Lonsdale. It must be around like 04, 05, maybe 05, 06. 05, 06. 2005, this kit came out. 05, 06. Um, yeah, first football kit I ever owned, over got. So yeah, I was eight when I got this. So yeah, it doesn't fit me anymore uh, and hasn't for a very long time. Um, that looks, maybe it's just the camera, but that looks tiny for an eight year old shirt. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure. To be honest. Maybe it is. I was quite small, I guess, as a kid. Um, yeah, that was the first football shirt I ever got. Um, and yeah, 2000, 2005, I got it for Christmas. Pretty sure I got FIFA 06 on the DS for the same, on the same Christmas. Um, so yeah, I was about eight years old. I had um, FIFA 06 that Christmas. Oh, class, yeah, class. Um, yeah, so Blues got, this was, like, the first, I'd been to, like, games before, but this was the first season I kind of actually remember, like, a chain of games and remember sort of following what was going on, if you know what I mean, rather than just going to the old game or whatever. Um, so for that reason, I kind of consider it my first proper season as a fan, really. Um, so it's a real shame the Blues got relegated and finished 18th. <laughs> so that's a bit, a bit humbling. And, and we were really quite terrible for a lot of this season. Uh, Hiskey was a part of this team. He kind of struggled this year and we'll get into... It was, it was actually his last season with Blues and we'll kind of get into a bit of that. Um, so it probably wasn't a great time to become a Blues fan. But another a really mad thing which happened this year... Also, it was our first uh, Premier League defeats to Villa happened in this season. So that was quite annoying. We, we hadn't lost you before that. So I kind of maintain that I kind of started supporting Blues. That's probably not a great time. Um, <laughs> but now players like McArthur Sell was, uh, was still there. Um, Mike Taylor was still there. Clinton uh, Morrison. Uh, Clinton Morrison just left, actually. Clinton Morrison, I think he left at the start of this season. Uh, Yuri Yarashik, he was pretty good. David Dunn. Um, Matthew Upson. So we did have some good players still. But I think I saw... Um, uh, the first time I ever saw Match of the Day was during this season, and I just turned it on. I, I didn't like, I didn't know, I just watched it on like a Sunday morning. I didn't really know what the score was or anything, or even who we were playing. And we played um, Portsmouth, and we were we were on first. And I was like, oh wow, Blues are on, Birmingham are on first. It didn't even cross my mind that it's probably the first time in like years we've been on first. Um, <laughs> and we won 5 0 against Portsmouth. I was like, wow, this is like, you know, like, I was like, wow, this is blues. Wow. I mean, we, we were fantastic. We're amazing. Like, you know, we must win, <laughs> win every week. We're on first every week. Like, yeah, we're like, going to win. We, you're going to win the league. Yeah, we are the best team in the world. This is amazing. Um, and then we probably, it was our biggest Premier League win ever. Probably not even come close to that since. Um, so that was a false dawn, I think it's fair to say. Um, so, yeah, a pretty bad season, but. For like the time and like sort of my introduction to football, and I have a bit of a soft spot for it. And I do really like the kit. It's kind of a shame we don't. Um, it's a sh- I do actually really like it. Maybe that's just nostalgia. But yeah, I I, I like the kit. Um, the away one Lonsdale is a kit manufacturer as well. Yeah, pretty rare. This was maybe the penultimate year we had Lonsdale. Um, the away this season was really nice as well. I might try to track one down and get it on uh, eventually. That could be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, two thousand five oh six is that kit. So five or six home. If you're new to the Second City podcast, in this series, we're looking into the players and managers that have experienced both B6 and B9. 
This week, we take a look at a player that should have been Birmingham City's club record signing when he joined the Blues in 2004, but would start a cup final for Aston Villa less than six years later. Emil Heskey came through the Leicester City Academy, making his debut at just 17 years old in 1995 under the guidance of Martin O'Neill. After 40 goals in 154 league appearances and two league cups, scoring in one of them, saw Heskey sign for Liverpool for £11 million in 2000 for another future Aston Villa manager, Gerard Houllier. His time on Merseyside was successful, winning the Community Shield, FA Cup, UEFA Cup, UEFA Super Cup and two League Cups, the first of which saw him start against Birmingham City in a game where the Reds would take the trophy on penalties controversially. At the end of the 03-04 season, Heskey signed for Birmingham City in May on a five-year contract for an initial £3.5 million fee, which could have risen to £6.25 million and would thus have become Birmingham's most expensive player. His first goal came with a header in the eighth minute against Manchester City, which was enough to earn a 1-0 victory on 24th of August 2004. At the end of the season, Heskey was named as the club's player of the season, player's player of the season, and finished as top goal scorer with 11 goals in all competitions. However, Birmingham's 05-06 season, during which Heskey only scored four goals in 34 league appearances, culminated in relegation to the championship. During this season, Heskey's inconsistent performances saw him receive abuse from some fans. Relegation meant that the last 1.5 million of the maximum 6.25 million fee for signing Heskey from Liverpool would not be payable, meaning his signature wouldn't become a club record fee and he was sold to Wigan Athletic in 2006 for £5.5 million. In January 2009, Aston Villa's £3.5 million bid was accepted by Wigan, seeing him reunite with Martin O'Neill. Four days later, he scored the winner on debut in a 1-0 win at Portsmouth. His 2009-10 season was disappointing, only scoring three times. But he did start the League Cup final in 2010, where Villa were beaten 2-1 by Manchester United. And he was controversially selected to go to the 2010 World Cup in South Africa with England. O'Neill's departure in the summer of 2010 saw Heskey reunited with Gerard Houllier. The striker enjoyed a successful start to the 10-11 campaign, including winning goals in the local derbies with Wolverhampton Wanderers and West Bromwich Albion. Heskey remained with Villa for one more season in which he scored just once in an August 2011 win over Blackburn Rovers. He was released in May 2012 after being told he would not be offered a new contract, ending his time in the West Midlands with just nine goals in 92 league appearances. A two-year stint at Newcastle Jets in Australia would follow before a swan song at Bolton Wanderers to end his playing career. Cool. So, Heskey, why is... Heskey, an interesting one to talk about, in your opinion, Carl? Oh, I mean, just from what we've read out there, a player for at the time was being sold for big fees. He was well-liked by the managers that had him, especially Martin O'Neill and Gerard Houllier. Um, his goal-scoring record for a number nine left quite a lot to be desired. And, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it, this quite a lot, but for me... I always remember Heskey as being like a Birmingham City icon. That was what he was when I we were kids. And so I never really warmed to Heskey in a Villa shirt. Um, and then his goal record for us didn't particularly enamour me more to to him. So um, I don't know what your like main memories are of, of Heskey, really. Yeah, it's kind of... 
Um, it's a weird one, and I think he's interesting to talk about from a Blues perspective because. So he signed, like we mentioned in the in that intro, he signed for Blues for a lot, what a lot of money. It could have been even more. He was kind of touted as like the club's record signing, and he was like an England international coming to Blues, which for a club that had only been back in the Premier League for about two years was a really big deal. And I think we signed him and he went to Euro 2004 with England, like, you know, that summer. Yeah. So it's a really big deal. Um, and I think you say the Birmingham City icon thing, I think that was something that he was like meant to become because of that. And he had a good first season. People forget this. Blues finished about 12th, I think it was 12th. And we had a pretty good season. But he was he was the, like the best player in it, or one of the best players, as we mentioned. He won like, you know, the players, player of the season awards and so on. And I think uh, yeah, people forget Heskey like had a really wicked shot on him as well. Like he could score some really good goals. He scored in that first season. He scored a brilliant goal away at Fulham just after Christmas in 2004, which was unbelievable. He scored a last minute. I mean, his goal on debut for us was from 20 yards. Yeah, he was capable of this thing of these things. People forget this. He scored a brilliant goal against Arsenal on the last day of the season, and we beat them two one which is a really great moment. And he scored against Villa in the 2-0 win at St Andrews in 2005. Actually, as doing my research, actually the last time we beat Villa in the league, that's a really a really humbling thing to think about. It's really crazy. I was looking at the sec- his second City record as well in preparation for this. And I, always, I was amazed. I was completely taken aback when I realised he actually only scored one goal in the second city derby oh, because i would have put someone. if you'd have told me you'd have scored six like oh no he only played you and... know clearly i didn't remember football that well but um no from a blues perspective he, he only played in like four or so i think uh so then then the two would yeah. have been like in that yeah. in the 0506 season which I, I had in what we're wearing this week um which we lost uh but that 2004-05 season Mikhail Fussell had had a brilliant season the year before, but then got injured for a lot of this season. So Heskey had to become the main man. Um, and he did have a good season and he owned it. And I think from a personal perspective, so my first ever game I went to was in that season and Heskey was against Leeds in the FA Cup third round and Heskey scored the, the first goal. So Emil Heskey scored the first goal at the first game that I went to. Um, so like, you know, we were only like eight or nine at the time. So that's, you know, those kind of, Heskey was like the star man, so you kind of hold them in that in, in high regard, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's really everything that happened afterwards, though. Like the following season, he actually started well. We scored two goals away at West Brom and we won 3 2 at the Hawthorns early on in the season. But then he only scored like, I think, two more league goals in the rest of the season. The club got relegated and he was seen as like a big earner who came in for big money. And it kind of wasn't the trajectory the club was meant to be going in. Like we came up and finished. Sort of thirteenth or higher every season, and so to then get relegated after we've been bringing in these like England players, you know, these like big gun players, um, wasn't how it was like supposed to go. And I think that's maybe why he got a lot of stick off fans, um, because he was kind of the face for this like failure. And the club obviously, it, there's relegations, and then there's relegations. This was a relegation we bounced straight back up from. We finished second the following year. It wasn't like, and we got relegated in 2011, and we're still you know, the ramifications of it are still being felt now. And then obviously he didn't go directly to Villa, but a couple of years later he ended up at Villa. And I think as a result, his his legacy at Blues is a really, you know, it's not a good one, unfortunately. And I feel like the good stuff he did at Blues has been kind of forgotten about for the most part. Understandably so, though, I would say. 
Fair enough. Um, I think I was re- I was reading a few quotes from an interview you did with four four two as well, and I think he was saying that he never really had a bad reception, um, from Birmingham City fans when he rocked up in an Aston Villa shirt. Um, I was also checking as well. He never played. I, I he was still at us, but he never played in the quarter final of the. 2011 league cup he wasn't in the squad that day so maybe it yeah. would have been different if he'd have been on the pitch that night um i the only time i i'm sure he probably played in other ones the only time i remember him playing against the four villa was remember the game where james milner scored the penalty late on yeah did he come off the bench in that game or something i remember he had a chance right at the end and i thought it was going in and that was really nerve-wracking. I was like, we can't... Because at the time, it was nil-nil. I was like, I can't, we can't be losing to, like, a, a hefty goal. <laughs> of all things. He, he, played, he played for 20 minutes, so... Yeah, um, I vaguely so remember. For us, he was involved in... So as a Villa, as a Blues player, he was involved in four Second City derbies. And as a Villa player, he was involved in four Second City derbies. But I say that he was he was out Villa for four, but he was on he was not in the squad for the one-one away at St Andrews, um, in like two thousand and eleven. Uh, yeah, and he, I remember. Yeah, and he was on the bench, um, for the uh, uh um the 9 ten away game, which yeah, we won one nil. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. And um, yeah, so I think it's a bit of a a shame with Esky, like how it, as I was saying, how it tailed off. Like I remember those first two that he played against Villa Four Blues. Like he, he scored in the home one and then was brilliant in the away one from you know what, I, what I've seen of it and so on. Um, and I think he hit the post and it would have made it three 0 if he scored. Um, and so it's a shame then that his legacy kind of got. Is is he's remembered as blues as a bit of a failure, I think, which which maybe isn't entirely fair, but I think it's because it ended badly, you know, rather than as I was saying earlier, I think the good stuff gets kind of forgotten. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you make of his goal record for you? Because it, you know, like we said before, he wasn't like a prolific striker. He was always renowned for like being strong and his hold up play. You know, he had was it fourteen goals in sixty eight league appearances. Yeah, um, I think. I think in his first season, it, it's like acceptable. Like, as I say, Forsell got injured and Forsell was a prolific goal scorer. Heskey's never really been a prolific goal scorer. He can score great goals, but he's not, he was never prolific. Um, and I feel like we've had a lot of them over the years. Like prolific goal scorers at Blues is quite a rarity, really. But I think in the first season, he, he did have to step up to the plate. He got, yeah, 11 goals is not amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, it does skew it, doesn't it, when you think about it, that, that 14 in two seasons, but yeah, one but, of those seasons was really good. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, I think he, I think the first season was good enough. Clinton, we played a lot with Clinton Morrison and they formed a good relationship. Um, But then the following season, and in fairness, the following season, the team, I sort of mentioned it earlier, like I was trying to think of, Great players. We also had some real stinkers that year. Like Nicky Butt was like, he was dreadful, and um, Alex Bruce kind of forced his way into the team. And I like, wonder how that happened. Um, yeah. But uh, and so like it's kind of not a shock in hindsight that we struggled. I think I saw the team that played Villa in the when you beat us when Kevin Phillips scored in the one nil, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember looking at like looking at it back, and I was like, man, that's like. No wonder that team struggled. But there were some good players, like I mentioned. But as a whole, it probably was like a... Robbie Savage had left. Forsell, you know, was kind of in and out of the team with injury. It's not like a huge shock that it struggled. Um, and as that team struggled, his goals in the second season also couldn't really afford to dry up, and they really did. 
And as I say, he got like four league goals and two of them came in the same game. So he wasn't like, we needed a prolific goal scorer. We needed someone like Forsell fit and firing for a lot of it. And I think a lot gets said about Heskey, especially for England, how like he did a job for the team. And I'm sure he still did. And he definitely did in his first season in terms of like his hold-up play and his physicality and, you know, strength in the air and so on. He always had strengths. But at that point in time, we needed a goal scorer as well. And he couldn't quite fill that gap. Clinton Morrison had left as well. That was one less striker we had. Then we had like Walter Pandiani or something like with him. You know, it's like, it's not shock. We struggled. Away. Um, yeah, when he's played, if he's playing alongside Forsell, that's a big shame that Heskey and Forsell never played together more. They did a bit in that season, but that could have been a really good dynamic. Like, um, and it was a, the classic era of the traditional 4 4 2 as well. Oh, for sure. Like, if Forsell had stayed fit in the 2004 season, like, and then two up front, that would have been that could have been pretty special, I think. Um, and so we got to see a bit of them in the 2005 6 season, but not enough, really. Um, so yeah, his goals ultimately are what let him down, and ultimately are what people, I think, judged him on. Um, so I think he's maybe the right man at the wrong time, maybe in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did go on to say as well that uh, he kind of always regretted leaving Liverpool, he never really wanted to leave Liverpool. I was kind of told that, well, we're signing Dribble C saying he's going to play and you're not. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, saw an I... <laughs> I, I saw an interesting thing. We'll get onto it maybe in a minute, but uh, thumbs up his time at Blues and how he was how he perceived. He made his England debut in 1999 and he made his, la- he made his last appearance in 2010. That's a really long international career. Like That's like a... Uh, and he was involved career. in that England setup for... Every major tournament. Obviously, we didn't qualify for Euro 08, but he was oh, yeah, in, so... played in the qualification stages of that. Oh yeah, sure. And the one exception is um, the one other exception is the World Cup in 2006. He didn't go to. So the only two calendar years in that whole time that he didn't make a didn't get an England cap were 2005 and 2006. And he was at Blues from 2004 to 2006. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it kind of sums <laughs> up sums it up, which is harsh. Yeah. His first season was good with us. Um, uh, but yeah I think that kind of sums up oh maybe get onto my theory later that I feel like when players play for more sort of elite clubs if you know what I mean they have more of a chance of getting in the England squad I think Birmingham maybe wasn't a glamorous club to be in the England squad with and him moving from Liverpool to Birmingham in the eyes of someone like Sven was probably like a big step down Um, you say that though but you obviously, I mean, I absolutely love the sort of shithousery at play by Karen Brady where you got relegated and wouldn't pay Liverpool like the extra million <laughs> quid yeah. Yeah. to make it six million. But then you sold in that same summer and sold it for five and a half million. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, but he, you know, you talk about the glamour club aspect of that. He went to Wigan. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Hard to argue with. Um, and he got back. Yeah, he did play in the qualifiers for Euro 2008 as well. Um, but we can get on to his in career a bit more in a minute. What how about his time at Villa? What are your like sort of I know you said you didn't really warm to him overall? No, I mean like like I said before, I at least when I was growing up, like blues fans loved Heskey. We hated Heskey. This was you know this was before we're talking about when we were like, you know, children when we were like little Yeah, know, yeah. Like... This is like the David O'Leary days of yeah, Aston yeah. Villa and like the Steve Bruce days of, of Birmingham City where we weren't great, and like this was an era we didn't win. We never won the derbies at this p- period, and so like 
the likes of Mikhail Forsell and Emil Heskey were like, you know, they Robbie were the, the heroes. Robbie Savage. You know, these, <laughs> you know, these these guys were like the heroes on the playground for Birmingham City fans and the they, you know the players that sort of tormented us, uh, poor young Villa fans of the time, um, and so. Uh, you know, they say a year's a long time in football, you know, two year, two or three years down the line after we left you. I was surprised that we were signing him. I think it kind of came, you know, as transfers kind of did back then, it was a bit out of the blue, um, January signing. Um, I still will never particularly know why we signed him. Um, obviously, we played, we had Gabriel Bonlahor, we had John Carew, um, we had a very young Nathan Delfonso, who was getting quite a lot of minutes for a player that was never very good, but he was young and raw. And obviously Martin O'Neill believed in him. Um, so to then go and sign another striker, um, it's just a bit of a weird one. Uh, you know, I know he offered something different and maybe the, the thinking was you put like Heskey and Agbom Lahore up front together and one will hold the ball up and one will run in behind sort of thing. Um but then I, you know, John Carew was one of my heroes growing up, and you know, he was very good at holding the ball up. He was big, strong, tall player. Um. So, but yeah, I never really warmed to him. And then he went and scored four days after we signed him. You know, one nil win away at Portsmouth. Um. And you know that classic where people go, "I oh, bet you like Heskey now." Um. <laughs> uh, so, um, I I was skeptical. Um, but you know, he did have some good moments in a Villa shirt. I think it's fair to say, like he scored in that Blackburn semi-final at Villa Park. I think he got the fifth goal for us that night. Um, you know, he scored against West Brom. He scored against Wolves. Um, Big goals I, as well. I, like the Wolves one was a, a late winner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know. Is a player that did, you know, for a player that didn't score much, he did score some some big goals for us. I found him quite frustrating to watch. Obviously, he's not. We said he's not a prolific striker, and um, you know, one of my one of my main memories, one of the last seasons that I last had a season ticket was when we lost at home to Manchester United under Gerard Houllier. In fact, it would have been my last season as a season ticket holder, and. Um, we were 1-0 down. Phil Jones had scored for Man United. And Heskey picks up the ball um, and around, like, just not far outside the edge of the box, sort of on the right, like, right centre. And uh, he sort of cuts in and has this shot towards the goal, except he sort of slips and slices it and it went out for a throw-in. Yeah. And, and like there's this, there's there's it's it is funny when you watch it you know and but there's those clips of him on the floor with his like his head buried in the grass thinking yeah. what the what have I done mm. and like like the last chance of the game and it didn't he went up for a throw in <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um uh, so what did you make of then when he came back to Villa and whilst he was at sorry he went to Villa and then whilst he was there. He was picked as one of four strikers to go to um, the World Cup with England in South Africa. It was um, yeah, I it's... the outside looking in was pretty strange. Like yeah, weird, weird. And at the time as well, um, you have to remember. So, so we signed Heskey in January of two thousand and nine, 
And so 12 months later, a lot of the media was reporting that Heskey wanted to leave Villa during the January transfer window of 2010 to make sure he'd get picked for the England team for the 2010 World Cup um, because he wasn't happy or he was concerned about how much he was playing because obviously he wasn't a regular starter because our front three at the time was Carew, Young and Agbon Lahore. Um, you know, and I think to which Martin O'Neill just responded in a press conference saying, well, there's players here uh, at Aston Villa with England ambitions, so I wouldn't be concerned about that. So maybe going back to like your elite club um, mm. sort of mindset um, that, well, it, we've got Ashley Young, James Milner, you know, Ga- we had Gareth Barry, you know, these players all are in, in and around the England squad, so Pesky will be fine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I wonder if like a lot of clubs, and you mentioned like, O'Neill brought him in and tried to play him with like Bonor and stuff and I'd imagine the plan when he came to Blues originally was to play him alongside Forsell. I feel like they're probably all trying to replicate what Heskey had with Owen Michael Owen at Liverpool and then yeah. with 100% England. and I think like Heskey's biggest strengths as a player were showed in that era like I don't I all disagree, at all disagree with there being a point in time where Heskey was England quality because in terms of what he could do with a player like Michael Owen was like excellent. They were like a perfect big man, little man combo. And international football by its nature is very defensive. Yeah. And he'd be the perfect player to hold the ball up and keep hold of the ball in the opposition third of the pitch while you're trying to get some runners in behind. And I I think maybe his time at Blues maybe tailed off when he, he clearly didn't have Maybe the players around him. Not to say that he was... I think he was maybe starting to decline anyway, but, like, you know, he didn't have those players around him maybe so much. I think he maybe shone when he was still young enough and was surrounded by, like, quality players. Like, him and Owen, it's like... I think it's, like, a fair... It's like when people say, like, Gerard and Lampard didn't play that well together. They would have been better with, like, one of them and, like, Owen Hargreaves or something, you know? like Yeah. Because it's, it's about the combination of the two. I think that's probably a fair sort of comparison. And... You hear a lot about how it, when it came to 2010, apparently apparently Rooney really liked playing with Heskey. And you can see why, because if you're a striker alongside Heskey, he's like the ultimate, like, you know, wingman, isn't he? He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, going to say, yeah, wingman. Yeah, definitely. Um, not literally, but he, he does all like, you know, he really helps. His, he's a very selfless player, or was a very selfless player. Um, I remember he started that World Cup well. He got an assist in like the first couple of minutes, I remember, against the US. Um, but, by that point, I, I don't really know. By 2010, he was, I mean, he was definitely in his 30s. He was probably like 32, something like that. Um, yeah. And I mean, I mean, he had incredibly, to be fair, he did have incredible longevity in the game. Obviously, his debut was in 97, and he retired at the end of t- the 15 16 season. So he had almost mm. 20 it was years. 95, 95, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 95, sorry. So yeah, he had yeah, so... over 20 years. Mm of professional first-team football, which is yeah. incredible, really. I mean, it wasn't all to a great standard. No. Um, and I, th- I think, I mean, I remember like that World Cup, he came, do you remember England were 4-1 down against Germany and they subbed him on <laughs> like, with 20 minutes to go? It's like, he's not the man who's going to bang in three goals in like 20 minutes. That was I mean, that England team was a disaster. I mean, Matthew I think that was what was weird game. as well. Say again, sorry. Matthew Upson started and scored yeah, that day oh, for England. Small, small world, man. Like 
Blues 0506 reunion. Just Chris Sutton was missing. Chris Sutton played in that game as well. <laughs> he was and he was at Villa around that time. Well, yeah, a few maybe, seasons maybe, before, but maybe we'll um maybe we'll do an episode on him eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like I, I feel like it's around that point. Hiskey became this like I don't really agree with this kind of meme that he became, and this kind of like yeah. It's something which I don't know about what you think. It doesn't really sit too well with me. I think it's no, and it's, it's people not re- it's people not remembering him as a good player. It's when you know we're, what we're talking two thousand ten. So we're in the the sort of origins of the social media era, aren't we? And so a player that maybe is in the England spotlight who shouldn't be. Mm, yeah, um, sure. And he definitely shouldn't have been by two thousand and ten, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, like, it was way yeah. too late, you know. Um, I mean, I understand the logic of of why they took him, but he he was not the player to take. No, no. Um, um, but yeah, we're in the early stages of that social media era. You got a player who the press are probably saying, you know, they're probably saying on ITV and BBC, why is Hesky there? Why have they brought him on? And so I can, you know, it's very easy to see how somebody could be effectively memed like that. Yeah. Um, in the same I way think- that Harry Maguire is now. Harry Maguire, yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's a lot of it's probably I don't know if, like it, it's fully fair, but I think it's like with Harry Maguire. I think a lot of it is because yeah, there's it, and same with Heskey. They've absolutely got reason to criticise, but I think the fact that Harry Maguire is a bit of a like, he's a bit of a weird looking guy, like you know, he's a bit of a he's not like you know what I mean. He's not David Beckham, like stuff like yeah. that is probably a contributing factor. And I feel like with Heskey, he was like a big, he, he didn't have a footballer's body necessarily. You know, he didn't really mm. look like a footballer. Um, he wasn't very showy. He kind of went against all the stereotypes of it. Yeah, and I think a lot of that kind of contributed, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. I, I'd, I, I, I'd say though, the, the you ha- you'd have that sort of uh, viewpoint as well. But then, obviously, when they do something a bit silly, like having a shot and it goes out for a throw-in, or like yeah. making a like take tackling oh. his own defender or something. Then... Oh, hundred percent. But I think my point is like other players do this stuff, but I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't get picked up on it as much as players like them do. We haven't talked about the Hesky step over uh, at that World Cup as well. We've got a YouTube YouTube Hesky step over. That is uh, that's pretty class. <laughs> also went out for a throw, and I think. But what's Hesky up to now? He's um, I was reading so he... something to do at Leicester City Women or something. So he was the interim manager at Leicester City Women. Obviously, he came up through the Leicester Academy and started his career there before he went to Liverpool. And so he was doing some coaching badges and did interimly take their WSL team. Um, he's now currently coaching with England's under-18s to help prepare them for the under-17 World Cup, which is coming up. So... Um, don't it doesn't sound like he's probably going to go into management but will probably be a coach we hear of in the years to come he actually did uh i was watching the blues game on sky which one was it was it the sunderland game or the southampton game i can't remember um and he was a pundit on that for the efl on sky he was inter- and he, he did he was interesting on it and he was kind of he's someone who's kind of faded out of the spotlight a bit i think as well so it was interesting to see him and kind of, I thought he did a pretty good job as a pundit as well. So I'll be shocked to see him do a little bit more of that as well. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 remember, I remember him doing punditry for the 2015 FA Cup when we played Leicester. So oh, yeah. he was, he's all right. He's a, not, he's a decent pundit. Yeah. And I think like, um, I think a, a really good thing about him as well for all his like 
faults. He was never a, and he, he was a very selfless player, and he was never like an ar- like arrogant or like aggressive. He oh yeah, like he, a... he doesn't seem like a person with an ego. No, and that's he... probably what makes him a great pundit or a decent pundit. Yeah, and I think like makes him maybe quite well built for like the criticism that he got, and like a lot of the stick yeah. he maybe got was he seems to have like the temperament to deal with it, like other players would. Maybe that would kind of break them, but like you say, he had like a twenty-year career, kind of going through all that. So, um, so yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, his time at Liverpool was—I mean, you look at it—it it was the peak of his career. Mm. Birmingham was a bit of a disaster. Um, I wouldn't even—I wouldn't even say that. Like, well, like in terms of obviously, he got re- you know he went for big, came for big money, got relegated compared to the expectation. Compared to the expectation, yeah. that wasn't how it was meant to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and and then he he did come to us via Wigan. His goal record was not great. I think he scored like nine league goals in like ninety two appearances, um, which is not not very good. Obviously, a lot of them would have been off the bench as well. Um, mm. But did get did play in a cup final for us. Play, you know, was, was in and around you know FA Cup semi final. I forgot he started that FA. Um, that league cup final against Manchester United. And, it, and thinking back, it's around the time where John Carew was probably start, you know, Martin O'Neill had sort of had a few issues with John Carew and was looking to offload him. And obviously he had almost like the ideal Carew alternative in a, in a Heskey, which is mm. the big player to, to hold the ball up. But, uh, and I do rec- and real- realizing that he played in that final when we were prepping for this, I actually remember being at Wembley that day, like begging for John Carew to come onto the pitch when we ch- we were chasing the game. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely like if you told me tonight in that starting eleven, I probably would have remembered Carew didn't play. But I don't think I'd have remembered Heskey started that match. No, like, that really like yeah. When you said that, that surprised me. Yeah, that does seem because that doesn't feel like that. I know it's like a long time ago now, but it doesn't feel like long enough ago for like Heskey to be starting like a major. Football. Yeah. At that level, um, but yeah, an interesting man had an interesting career. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I I do find as well when we do the these episodes that you know, the players that especially play or the managers that go between both clubs, they are not boring individuals. They and their careers no. are certainly interesting, and it does seem at least of the ones we've done so far, we've done three of these. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's has pretty trend. much ended all of their careers. Yes, yeah. I think it's why it's interesting though because it is a a bit of a trend of things maybe not quite working out how they should have. That's definitely been a trend yeah, so far. Um, and a few of the other ones we've got to come, maybe. Kevin Phillips might be a bit more positive. We both look, he did oh, well. Yeah. Both Love Kevin Phillips. <laughs> sure we'll get to that one eventually. Um, but yeah, I think we'll just about wrap it up there, Carl, I guess. That feels like quite an in-depth discussion about uh, Emil. Do you, I mean, I remember when when he signed for the Jets. Um, I, had something I, I do remember that. I, and, uh, I vaguely remember it. I remember them like apparently in. It, so they play in Australia. Yes, they're one of the teams in Australia. Yeah, I heard something about they. He was such a huge name going over there. They had like a Heskey cam or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so I mean, I've watched a fair bit of the A League in the last like five or six years because um, it's on at work a lot and. Um, like Adam, like when Ross McCormack went over there on loan from us. And like Adam Lafondra was over there as well. And these get these guys because they played in the Premier. Oh, well, Ross McCormack hadn't, but like they were big name, 
like reasonable big name players who played at Premier League or the top championship level at good clubs were coming over and they were like, oh my God, these guys are incredible. And uh, yeah. so Emil Heskey, who had obviously played for has so many times for England, he'd been at the 2010 World Cup, he played for Villa, he played for, you know, he won the UEFA Cup with Liverpool, um, was re- a household name really, yeah, but they had a Heskey cam and you could just follow him for the entire, <laughs> you couldn't see the game, but you could see ex- every minute of Emil Heskey. It's like the Zidane documentary they did. Cool. I think we'll just about wrap it up there then. Um, yes. Uh, so, We'll be back to normal next week. We'll be reacting to yeah. uh, Blues have got Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. Um, uh, who have they got this weekend? We've got Spurs. Massive game. Oh, yeah. It's two o'clock again on a Sunday. Isn't it? Even when you're not in Europe, you're playing uh, <laughs> two o'clock on a yeah. Sunday. Why? Um, why? Uh, why? Our game's on Sky Sports as well, if anyone wants to know. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, comment and let us know what you thought, any of your kind of opinions on Heskey, if you have any, and your memories and so on, um, and how you think his sort of legacy has aged at Bocalus, how you look back on his time in the Midlands, I guess. Um, and let us know if there's any managers or players in particular you'd maybe like to see us cover in future on the series. We've got a list, we've got a few that we're definitely going to do, um, and we'll get on to them soon. But yeah, be interested to hear uh, any opinions. Yeah, absolutely. And do go and check out the Hotter and Alex McLeish ones uh, that we've already done. Um, so don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're on. Give us a five-star review. It all helps the algorithm out. Yeah, and you can also follow us on Twitter and TikTok with the handle at Second City Pod. Beautiful, Carl. Um, same time again next week? Same time again next week, Dan. Have a good week and up the villa. Shit on the villa and see you next week. Bye.